It's Loom Group's Andrea Lay. Think Blue Shree. I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom. Melissa Burdick is away this week. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of June 3rd, Shop Talk Europe Week, and it's time for the Fresh Four. For curated news stories from the past week, we find them inquisitively intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Andrea, lead us off, would you? Hello, Fresh Four listeners. Grubhub offers its network of U.S. restaurants directly on Amazon.com and in the Amazon Shopping app. Amazon customers in the U.S. can now order from hundreds of thousands of restaurants in all 50 states with Grubhub directly on Amazon.com and in the Amazon Shopping app. Additionally, as long as a customer remains a Prime member, they can enjoy a free ongoing Grubhub Plus membership worth $120 a year without automatically renewing into a paid membership. Thanks, Andrea. Dollar General Media Network, the retailer's media arm, has partnered with commerce media company Critio to help develop its on-site sponsored ad offerings. The deal will provide brands with access to premium inventory through Critio's self-service DSP, Commerce Max, and DGMN's private inventory via Critio's retailer monetization platform. Commerce Yield, Dollar General, can onboard first-party data in-store sales data and shopper signals to the DSP, helping brands and agencies better reach its base of rural shoppers, the retailer's differentiation in the rapidly growing retail media space. Walmart launches immersive digital shopping experience. Joining other retailers in the virtual store trend, Walmart last week debuted its immersive shopper platform, dubbed Walmart Realm, according to a Wednesday LinkedIn post by Chief Marketing Officer, William White, the immersive shopping experience, lets consumers brown virtual environments and purchase products within them. The virtual store features three digital environments curated by online creators MyFami, Nava Rose, Mackenzie, and Malia. The three sections called The Alternative, Go Chromatic, and So Jelly are Western metallic and sea-themed environments where shoppers can buy home fashion and beauty products. Walmart Realm also includes gamification elements where users can interact with products and have access to giveaways. The retailer partnered with Imperia to develop the digital store. Shree, close it out, would you? All right. Heinz Pickle Ketchup gets digital-heavy campaign for U.S. rollout. Heinz is supporting the U.S. rollout of its new pickle ketchup with multifaceted marketing campaigns, asserting consumers already have an idea what the product tastes like for details. The campaign uses the headline, you can already taste it, alongside visuals of pickles and ketchup on a burger to suggest the idea of a pickle-flavored ketchup isn't as outrageous as it may seem to many of you. The media strategy includes digital video, out of home ads in New York City and Chicago, creative content across TikTok and Instagram and paid social. Street interview-style videos depict New Yorkers describing their generally positive thoughts about the product even before they have tried it. Thanks, Shree. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now, on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Welcome, folks, again to the CPG Guys podcast. It's Sri and PVSP, and today's episode is to celebrate Women's Month on the CPG Guys 
Every November, we feature women executives in the CPG industry from large brands, retail, and startups alike. We're proud that for the third year in a row, we will be doing this. Peter, man, wow, what a month. We're honored so many female leaders have joined us for this month. And how are you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing uh, quite well, Shri. Uh, you, this is as important a cause to me as it is to you, I know. We live in households uh, that are uh, populated by females. I know how important your mother is in your life as my mother is in mine. I watched my mother rise the corporate ladder and face a whole lot of challenges around gender equality that were absurd and unnecessary. And I promised myself when I was an adult that I would do my share uh, as an ally to help break down some of those barriers. So I'm really excited to talk about Women's Month today and to feature really fearless and successful women entrepreneurs, business leaders uh, that, uh, that are showing how women can succeed in the corporate world and do so despite some of the um, unnecessary obstacles that have been put in their place. So I'm happy to be with partnering with you to make sure that breaks down. I know we've got some really big news around that soon. No debate about that, Peter. Without my mom and my wife's sacrifices over the years, I would not be where I am. And I know it's no different for you as well, Peter. But you just said we've got something to announce. So tell us about the special partnership we are establishing from January 2023 to actually celebrate Women's Month on the CPG, guys. Yeah, so Shri, we've decided to become formal partners at the supporter level of Next Up, formerly known as Network of Executive Women. You know how we, we promote Next Up on, on all our episodes. We talk about how important it is, but we thought it had to be more than just talking about it. We wanted to make a financial contribution to help support uh, this incredibly worthy cause of trying to advance gender equality in the workplace. Starting in January 2023, uh, we will sponsor individual memberships for corporate female leaders and entrepreneurs to be part of Next Up so that they can leverage everything from learning development programs, uh, the opportunity to attend regional and national events, and all sorts of live and virtual speaking engagements. Uh, we're very excited about this. We've got about 50 memberships that we're going to allocate out to a lot of great entrepreneurs. I think the first one we selected uh, was unanimous between the two of us three. We wanted to offer it up to our dear friend Katie Hotes from Grocery Shoppy, so she'll be the first one. I think we've got a couple more in mind, but we want to do it to people who uh, might not be able to, uh, to to afford the corporate membership, but could dramatically use the the allyship, the power of the network, and all the resources that that Next Up brings. So if if uh, if you want to know more about Next Up, Shri and I encourage you go to nextupisnow.org/cpgguys and learn more about this incredible networking organization uh, and and educational resources and and trying to change the culture that we live in to ensure that uh, women can advance in the corporate workplace. So very exciting time for us, Shri. I know you and I talked about this for quite a lot uh, over the last couple of months and landed on this being exactly the right thing for us to do. I couldn't be more happy to do this, Shri. Without Peter, I'm grateful, thankful, as well as honored to have your allyship in this journey with me as the CPG guys. 
Peter and I are committed to gender equality. We will not back down and we want to do our part so that we can uh, partner with female leaders in the startup space as well as in corporate leadership and get you uh, working with Next up is now, especially if your company does not uh, sponsor today. But hopefully that may change in the future. And we encourage brands, retailers alike to check out nextupisnow.org slash cpgguys, as Peter just said, and learn more about this great group. So, Peter, thank you for that. But before we get to our guests, let me remind our audience that all of our content can be found by visiting cpgguys.com on a browser. The website, of course, is brand new, has rich content and episodes that are actually organized into themes like retail media and loyalty. If you aren't already joining us on LinkedIn and you haven't followed us yet, please do so because you'll join 17,000 plus other industry professionals on an entertaining educational journey. Also, we are managing closed groups on LinkedIn, such as CPG e-commerce, retail media professionals, and there may be others in the future. Over a thousand plus professionals are already part of this, so please consider doing so yourself. We are also on other social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Check out our series on Knowledge Drops, which is intended to be a fun way to learn about our industry. You can find it easily on many of those platforms by simply searching for CPG Guys Knowledge Drop in the search box. Remember to check out our friends, the FMCG Guys podcast, hosted by our friends Daniel and Efrain. They take the CPG Guys podcast format across the pond, and they speak to retail and FMCG luminaries from a European perspective. All you have to do in a browser is visit fmcgguys.com and check out the latest addition to our family, the CPG School, hosted by Jennifer and Riza, two close friends of the podcast. They actually conduct snackable conversations with industry veterans. It's a fun way to discover what's new and next in CPG commerce and marketing. Visit cpgscoop.com to learn more. Today's episode, of course, focuses on a new entry to the CPG world of advertising. You already know retail media is hot, like hot, 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 sizzling hot, right? Many retailers already have a scaled retail media operation, search engine marketing, I would say. And performance marketing skills these days go hand in hand with merchandising, CPT guys' humble opinion. In the e-commerce world, full funnel marketing is a digital channel. It's just a way of life. I'm great there. Here to speak with us about this very evolution of the CPG product world through truly omni-channel advertising is Megan Ram. Global Director and Head of CPG Partnerships. I can give away who. It's off a provider that you and I use a lot, especially here. We've been using it a lot the last two days. Absolutely. <laughs> and I can't wait, therefore, to get this dialogue started and engage Megan as we decompose the why behind Uber advertising, growing CPG partnerships in the grocery delivery business. So please join Peter and me in welcoming to the show and the podcast. Megan Ryan, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you both? Can't complain. We are excited to be here in Las Vegas, and we're really grateful you took time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about what's going on. Of course. I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. It's exciting, particularly because it's Women's Month, and it's an excellent opportunity. I'm in good company, that's that's for sure. Yes, ma'am. You sure are with many other female leaders in the CPG and retail industry and service providers. A couple of startups that uh, we'll also be showcasing and featuring as part of Women's Month, so we're looking forward to that. Thank you for joining us. But before we get to the questions that Peter and I have carefully prepared for our conversation, Megan, would you please provide an audience with a brief overview of Uber advertising and your role there? Yes, I'm relatively new in the role and I'm loving it so far. I joined Uber in July and as the global director for CPG Partnerships. So what this looks like in practice is the responsibility for building out some of our largest external partnerships 
with CPGs and concurrently working internally alongside cross-functional teams to inform prioritization products. Pretty exciting. It's an energizing role working for Uber Advertising, um, and I'm working along some of the industry best, which is is definitely um, a challenge, and, and excited to see it grow. No debate that leading advertising for one of the most, I would say, notable, iconic brands in the world in the last decade has got to be special. But thank you for that. We'll, of course, include um, your LinkedIn profile, as well as Uber Advertising's website in the digital line and also this podcast episode for the benefit of our audience. So why don't we get this thing going and let's get ready to rumble. You ready? <laughs> yes. All ready. right. So question one is an easy one for you, and it's about your career. I love this we, topic. We want to showcase, uh, as we said, <laughs> Women's Month, we want to showcase our leaders here and yes. how they built their careers. So you got a plethora of experiences. You started at Forbes Media, Google, Snap, now Uber Advertising. Are these iconic names, Peter? You heard of them before? Vaguely. Any of them? That's what I thought. We've just been using them forever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Forbes to the day. And uh, take us through your career journey and how you actually got to uh, Uber Advertising. Yeah, so I started out in digital media about 20 years ago um, at Forbes, and that was a time when print, TV, and offerings like events were first places for marketers to go and put their advertising dollars. So Forbes.com at that time, if you remember, it was growing quickly, and they had an innovative event compared to the publisher base at that time. Um, I gained experience performance-based media and also a deep programmatic understanding of Forbes.com. I don't know if you recall, but they were one of the earliest publishers to put their inventory into the open exchange. Um, so this it, this kind of shaped my views of digital overall and the extreme importance and kind of persistent value it can bring to marketers and the importance of a consumer's digital experience alike, right? Like the, the consumer has to enjoy what they're what they're looking at and what's, what they're reading. Um, so through my time at then Google and YouTube, I worked with some of the largest financial service marketers, also food and beverage marketers, and saw that dramatic shift from desktop search to tablet and mobile. And we helped daily to get brands to establish and pivot their strategies. And it sharpened my desire to go to a mobile-only destination. So I gained that experience heading to Snap in 2016, which was pre-IPO. And at Snap, it was really fascinating, right? We're scaling a startup. So we're advising the business how marketers can um, see the self-service platform built. We're getting firsthand knowledge of emerging, emerging products like augmented reality and what it could drive in terms of a brand's objectives. Ultimately, you know, we all know what happened with iOS 14 and the complexity and kind of continued future expected mobile changes. It's increasingly clear first-party data is paramount and fundamentally a platform like Uber, you know, with its global scale location data an ability to be squarely at the point of intent is un- unparalleled. There's not there's not really many players out there mm-hmm. at this point that have the, so the, the scale in the yeah. graph that, that Uber does. And then you got to look at the macroeconomic climate, such as the current one, the ability to deliver on, you know, not only those softer marketing objectives, but actual proven business objectives and, you know, buying audiences and, and reaching audiences in a purchase intent mindset is fun. It's the fundamentally the conversation we're in with our CPG partners. And it's also squarely the conversation that most of them want and need, right? Even if they don't want to hear it, they have to be in it. Um, so we are this go anywhere, get anything on demand consumer um, that Uber attracts. And that's, that was a powerful draw for me in a powerful roadmap that I saw for innovations such as autonomous delivery. We've got Uber electric and more. So, I truly believe in the value of our products for brands. And of course, I test it daily as an active Uber rider and eats, eats uh, user so myself. Do we, 
You told me you did. Absolutely. <laughs> Megan, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. We're excited to have you here for this conversation. I'd like to talk a little bit about the the transforming economic conditions, particularly yeah. as we move out of uh, the the pandemic, the core of the pandemic. Do we see this rapid adoption of omnichannel continuing? Is it starting to level off? Um, and if it is, does what are the implications for brands leaning into digital advertising? And, and I guess my big question is, why, from your perspective, do you think Uber uh, advertising is a platform for serious CPGs to want to engage um, engage consumers? Yeah, I mean, Omnichannel is rapidly growing, and the options and assortments are ever changing. The fact is across all categories, you look at grocery, you look at household goods, even things like electronics, consumers are researching, they're making choices, and they're leveraging this steady kind of continuous mix of online destinations and brick and mortar to consider, you know, to make a consideration, ultimately make a purchase. The pandemic vastly accelerated the e-com portion of this, as we all know, and we can expect this to continue um, the e-com portion in, in a double digits range for some time. Additionally, with mobile at the forefront, the modes of buying and even delivery are fragmenting and expanding, right? With social media sites, I was just there, you've got social commerce, buying in-unit live, like QVC style, which is pretty fun, from an influencer, even, and of course, this, you know, this, the space we're squarely in, which is retail media, exploding and becoming more precision-based as it's a channel that consistently delivers incremental value. So once you buy, you're now at an option where you have different payment sources, different fulfillment sources, and that's getting more sophisticated too, right? You have pure play checkout, quick commerce. We have buy now, pay later, curbside pickups, scheduled deliveries, dark kitchens, Ubers and a lot of that. But this is all kind of rapidly changing how consumers can purchase and buy. So to answer your question, we, we do see rap, rapid omni-channel growth. All brands need a robust digital strategy, not necessarily simply to compete with those native digital brands, right? But just truly to meet the needs of the consumer where they are. Um, mobile should be at the forefront of this strategy. And of course, the strategy itself needs to, quite, to be quite sophisticated and, and data-led to keep up with the ever-changing ways that the consumers want to shop. Um, as a consumer, right, the, the experience needs to feel relevant. It needs to be frictionless. It needs to fit into the needs of their lifestyle and, or else they're, they're going to deflect. Brands, of course, have a powerful role to play in making all this happen. So Uber advertising is a fantastic incremental channel for CBGs for this very reason. The end user is already there. In many instances, Uber is already a terrific sales driver for CBGs, right? Both on the restaurants and new verticals, which is grocery and convenience sides of Uber Eats. And to add to this, we have a captive on-the-go audience with an underpinning of kind of intent-based data on the ride side. So you're combining all of this and it's a, it's a really connected, holistic and very personalized advertising uh, experience. Peter, she said two important words out there. Frictionless. What is she said? Incremental. Oh yeah. Incrementality. We're big on that. Big on that. iOS. It's the future. Yeah. It's the retail media. ROAS is so yesterday. You have to be talking about incremental. ROAS is vanity. iOS is reality. Like yeah. Romy said, the CPG guys, do you know them, by the way? <laughs> and then the second thing she said was influencer. Yeah. Are the CPG guys influencers? You, you are, 100%. I said that. I have the t shirt to prove The jury's out in that case. We're, we're <laughs> working on it. The head of advertising for Uber advertising 
said the CPG guys. Well, it must be true. Believe me, that's what we're. It's true. It's true. true. But in any event, let's uh, let's jump into the grocery business that you just referred to, right? So, how is Uber scaling its grocery business, and what is the primary mission for Uber from a consumer perspective? I would think it's convenience. Yeah. Or can one build a basket, and then eventually, can they once they build a basket, can they get into a subscription methodology or start with a basket? Because that's how the majority of pantry shopping is done. Yeah. Yeah, so the new vertical side, which is what we call it, which is grocery and convenience. Um, at the baseline, it's benefiting from a general growth of Uber Eats in the mobility business. So mobility, the monthly active platform users were up 20, 21% in Q2. Trips saw a great increase of 24% growth year over year. And on the restaurant side, there's continues to be an increase in active eaters, increase in order size, and increase in basket size. Delivery saw a 43% increase year over year, which is, is great according to our Q2 earnings. And we've introduced things um, with the acquisition of Corner Shop, like the native grocery experience. So you'll see new features, which are continually making the experience better for, for eaters, right? If you've, if you've been on the platform recently, you've seen these changes. Um, so from a where we scale perspective, organic user behavior suggests it's both grocery and convenience at that time. Well, you know, convenience, as you said, is representing a greater share in the near term. As the merchants, um, you know, diversify, we expect eater behavior to also change and stickiness to increase over time. And that ultimately is going to make this basket building um, bigger, right, as it, as it takes an even greater hold and also expands globally. Ultimately, at Uber, we want that magical experience for the end user. Again, it has to be frictionless, and the selection is a big part of that. You know, you may have seen the selection increase. We've been on the platform with newer additions like Albertsons, and we have a, a, um, an upward trajectory when you look at like alcohol and personal care, which is exciting. Obviously, we're partners. Um, you know, we, we have Drizzly under our fold too. Lastly, to you know, on the subscription piece, we do have those programs like Uber One contributing to the growth in repeat purchase. Um, since the beginning of the year, the membership has been up. We've gross bookings have been up. And these people are, obviously, their basket size is significantly higher than, than non-members, which is exciting for us to see. You know, I think the CPG guys need a subscription service as well, Shri. I don't know what we're going to get people to subscribe to. What I was thinking is she What's said, the monetization model? I know. We have to work on this. She said Albertsons and Drizzly was thinking of a party we could throw. First, you have groceries, and then you have oh, yeah. nice beverages. Exactly. You know, the thing that's most fascinating for me is just within the convenience space, the fact that you can start to even tackle day parts that yes. up until now have, have really been uh, untouchable, and now it opens up a whole new world to be to to consumers looking to buy when it's convenient for them. Yeah, and the trends have been fascinating too. I mean, the, you know, the, when you look at like the top items ordered in the last thirty days, it, it's very gives you an, a, a fantastic insight into our audience. And I like talking about mobility because for me, mobility is mostly just am I going to make it to you know downstairs uh, with my crooked old legs and making sure that I can actually... That's why we need to get you back. That's why we need to get... I need to be hydrated. All the platform. All right. So you've kind of painted a great picture of what's going on in the industry. Let's talk about what is the role that Uber and yep. Uber advertising is contributing to this growth journey. You know, of course, you Uber itself has been here for quite a while. Millions and millions of active <laughs> engaged users of the primary... Uh, travel mechanism. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, how are you turning that into a growth opportunity for grocery yep. uh, delivery and advertising? Yeah. 
I mean, I, as I said before, the user is already here, right? So we have hundreds of millions of people that are using Uber around the world. So Uber advertising is kind of presenting that powerful opportunity for marketers to connect with the consumers when they're going anywhere, getting anything. And we're putting the eater and the rider first in this journey. So fundamentally in the apps, loyalty is higher, usage is higher, conversion is higher, and your likelihood to recommend to a friend is higher. Of course, it feels personalized and meant for you. Let's, take, let's put this in my the context of my world as a mom of three boys. I'm on a ride. This could mean getting in an Uber when I'm coming uptown from the office. It reminds me to get you know my kid's favorite item or give myself a treat like ice cream, a beauty item as a reminder to you know kind of have a little bit of self care. Right, that's important. On the ride, on the eat side, this means search, you know, search offers, experiences at checkout, post checkout, all better tailored to my buying and, um, and consumer behavior. Through early experimentation, we have seen this flywheel effect of both the ride side and the mobility side is, is creating relevancy and retention. Um, and they're excellent signals for us that ads should absolutely be a part of the of the Uber advertising ecosystem. You know, Shree and I drive our kids around. How do we get five-star ratings? <laughs> we, we, I get cookies thrown at me from my daughter in the back seat. the streets. You'd have to I know. Exactly. Well, we love our drivers. You should. So should we be using Uber Eats then for treats? I we might have yes. to move to the... Yes. Oh, that's a good giving us the go ahead. Impulse treats. So it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good uh, place for that, too. Let me remind our audience that we're speaking with Megan Ryan, Global Director and Head of CPG Partnerships with Uber Advertising. So on the Uber Eats site, What's the differentiation, value proposition, offering from some of the core uh, delivery competitors that exist in the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, first you have to consider the global footprint of Uber, right? Versus the standard um, U.S. North America delivery competitive set. Mm -hmm. Uber is in 10,000 cities. On the delivery side, it's in 6,000 cities, 45 countries, and rapidly growing. So the global footprint also nicely squares with our CPG partners and their marketing needs. Mm -hmm. They're multinational. They're global. They have massive global scale. They have massive penetration. They want to work with partners that are in all the places around the globe that they're also in. Second, we need to consider like that the inputs when you talk about the logged in user device graph across eats and rides. Obviously, that those are massive signals also from our you know, offerings like Drizzly. So it's really this one Uber combination that actually I think puts us at the forefront of you know ability to to detect um, consumer intent. And as one Uber marketers are going to be able to run cross cross platform campaigns, cross mobility, across delivery for a more full funnel approach. Megan mentioned Drizzly. We'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our good friend Kathy Lewenberg, who was one of our early guests here. Kathy, love you. We have to have you back. Uh, there's so much going on with Drizzly as well. Absolutely. We about. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into details about what are the specific advertising capabilities for Uber advertising. Take us through the types of ads and the experiences a brand can expect on the platform and ultimately. How do they measure success of those yep. applications? Yeah, so the ads experience is still at an early stage, right? But there are fantastic signs that it's working. On the mobility side, currently this is creative treatments um, from pickup on route to drop off that will expand in the coming months to rich media, to video, and to other innovative formats. Um, earlier this year, we did testing with partners like Mars and American Express and saw that view time for the ads was like significantly over that of the average digital view time, right? And 
and over some of the competitive platforms such as Facebook and Twitter. And it makes sense, right? You're in the ride, you're on your phone, you're captive, and you're kind of like looking at a unit that feels really relevant to I want to entertain myself. I'm not just going to exactly, sit there quietly. Exactly. Right, right, right. Um, and then on the eat side, we're just building out the roadmap. Um, it's, it's going to was to launch this month in November and then into Q1. Um, we have some pilots live on the store for an ads piece. Success is going to be measured, of course, with the customer objectives really at the heart of campaigns. A full suite of reporting needs available down to the business and sales level reporting, which is a, where applicable. And I think Obviously, we're going to be centered on that. What is that incremental, you know, ROI, ROAS that we're delivering for the, the customer based on adding a new channel to their media mix? Um, partnering with folks like Upwave on the brand lift side. Um, and we're excited to get a repository of learnings and benchmarks in the coming weeks as we scale. So, Megan, what categories and brands from a CPG perspective should give you guys a call, should start partnering with Uber Advertising, and then... Once they decide to do that, how does one get started and take us through the journey of, hey, now we're in partnership, what actually happens next? Yeah. So CPGs, I mean, food and beverage, you've got beauty, home, personal care, ALK, all of course should be taking advantage of this. And we're here for you building out dedicated teams across the globe. Um, we're also seeing success in areas like financial services. We've got some entertainment um, opportunities as well as retail. So we're going to have a full range of support for sub-verticals outside of CPG as well. And that makes sense given the consumer application um, in, you know, in, in people's everyday life. As Uber advertising product in general, it's, it's obviously fitting squarely in to people's go-get. So the use cases are vast in terms of, of what brands can take advantage of. Let me remind our audience that you can find all of our content by simply going to a web browser and typing cpgguys.com. If you think your company or you have some top leadership to contribute to a community discussion, easy. Drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Again, contact at cpgguys.com and maybe you can join Peter and me on the podcast just like this episode. Don't forget to drop us a rating at cpgguys.com. We ask you to do that so we know so Peter and I know are we bringing the right guests, are we getting the right conversations on the show? You can do that easily because right on the homepage of cpgcast.com, there's a little menu button that says reviews, all you got to do, ratings, all you got to do is just click that and you should be able to do that. I want to thank our 16,000 plus followers on LinkedIn at the time of this recording in September in at Grocery Shop at Las Vegas for all the love you've shown us. We know we're a very tight tribe. You shaped the show. Thank you for all the love, the clicks, likes, as well as all the direct messages and the messages we get. Megan, can't thank you enough. Thank you, Matt. This is fabulous. Fun. Best way to start a morning. Thank you. How about that, Peter? Best way to start a morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really bad. So I can write that one down. I'll remind Megan of that one. <laughs> and Peter, now for the magic moment we've been waiting for, because we've learned quite a bit. This is the first Uber advertising has been on the CPG guys. Would you summarize it for our audience, please? Yeah, and I will, I'll reiterate your uh, point to our audience. Please do write us uh, a review and give us some feedback. I was just reading one yesterday. It was posted on the site. It said that someone thought that, that more time should be dedicated to me as opposed to you, and I thought it was actually my mom writing it, but it was your mom writing it. So. Sure it I love your mom. Brother. I love it. Wasn't my brother. She's so on. No, your brother definitely doesn't even want you on the show. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go through. This is always Baker and Megan. We don't need together for the kids. <laughs> 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 
Um, uh, so thank you again, Megan, for joining us. Uh, th- some things I really loved hearing is you cut your teeth in performance-based media during your time at Forbes as they were in the uh, one of the early adopters of this methodology. I love uh, the fact that you clearly call that first-party data as paramount and uh, fundamental. It's a core platform for Uber, and I think that's what you need in order to measure it. And then obviously with global scale and location data, it really puts you in an unparalleled position relative to how all that data can help inform and get to the measurement component. The fact that you're focusing your solutions around proven business objectives and targeting audiences uh, is the conversation you should be having yeah. with CPG. Yeah. So we firmly agree uh, on that respect. And then, my goodness, uh, my head was spinning when we talked about all the different ways that you can get things you can get things to you, that you can pay for things. Yeah. It was like lions and tigers and bears and why. I don't, I just, it's amazing, but it seems like you guys are really keeping on the cutting edge of all these capabilities and considering how that plays into the solutions you're offering. Um, really something that I loved was saying that for the consumer, the experience needs to feel very relevant, be frictionless. Right. Absolutely agree with you there. And it needs to fit into their lifestyle. And if it doesn't, they're just not going to pay exactly. attention they to Exactly. They don't it. have to. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, that Uber advertising is truly an incremental channel for CPGs for this very reason. Uh, and in many instances, Uber is already a terrific sales driver for CPGs being in the restaurant vertical as we talked about. Um, now, some of the convenience delivery, which covers all sorts of incredible day, day parts. Uh, and then, you know, making sure that at the heart of that, particularly for CPGs, that that Uber advertising and the Uber platforms offer a wide variety of products. Because yeah. if they don't have assortment, what is there to advertise? Yeah. Right? That's really what's going to drive it. Um, and then the thing that just resonated very clearly with me is you've got hundreds of millions of people who are already using your platform. What a built-in audience. What exactly. a powerful audience. I mean, it puts you at a strategic yeah. advantage against against all comers. I mean, the fact that you're in 10,000 cities uh, and on the delivery side, it's 6,000 cities in, in 45 countries. Wow. That is just some powerful information. And you're, you're doing a lot of pilots from the storefront end. Just some, it's a great conversation, Shri. This was very informative. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about this. Of course. Thank Indeed. You. I felt like the only thing the CPG guys didn't get was the 40% off codes from the <laughs> Do we have some of those codes? We're going to find out. We'll get you over one. We'll work, when we hit the camera off, we'll work her over. See there, we shake, there we go. Turn up and shake out some of those 40 codes. <laughs> for 50% there. Yeah, I know. The 40 shows up occasionally. Yeah, tip, so right? I'm, I'm, I'm raising the bar. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the CPG guys are both on the wagon. So, <laughs> yeah. But we, we love ordering them as gifts exactly. for people in our lives. Exactly. Still very important. And so I can't thank you enough for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here. Peter, as always, pleasure doing this with me. Even though we're in, in this together for the kids, it's still fun. Every now and then, it's still fun. We love the kids. So let me remind our audience, find us on cpgguys.com. Without y'all, we're nobody. Thank you for making us who we are. It was a pleasure to have Megan join us for Women's Month 2022, month of November. And we look forward to the next episode of the CPG Guys. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. 
By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.